Hello? Hi. Welcome. Uh, this is Push a Shout Podcast, episode 28. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. I'm Mike. He's Mike. He's also known as Brutal Compounder. And, I uh, am. We're here to talk sometimes. about... Sometimes. We're talking about... We're going to talk about video games, movies, video game news, stuff that we've been up to, whatever whatever we want to. This is our podcast. We do it's a regular variety show. You can't tell it's us like, what to do. We're Tracy Ullman, and um, what are those, like... Uh, there were lots of them in the '70s where people would just wear afros and dance and sing and do exactly. Sketches. They did whatever they wanted. Those were the good old days. Uh, I remember those times fondly. I was born in the wrong generation. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I like to go on like YouTube videos of songs that were made in the '60s and '70s and comment. I'm only 14, but I I like this song. And the, everyone around me listens to Justin Bieber, but I'm special. Six thousand forty likes. Okay, what have you done? What have you? What have you? What have you been up to? Okay, Tell me something. So, um, I haven't been able to be doing much video game related because this is finals week for me, so uh, don't really have time to sit and get invested in a video game. There's just no real opportunity to. But I have been able to when I'm doing more tedious things or just in between tasks, um, watch some shows and some stuff. And I started watching Daredevil. <clears throat> Sorry. Daredevil. And it's a Netflix exclusive adaptation of the Marvel character, Daredevil. Have you heard about this? Yeah, no, I haven't had enough Marvel content in my life. I need more of that. No, I. Okay, so I was exactly there. I was thinking, wow, I don't need any more superheroes. This is enough. Uh, this is probably going to be bad. But somebody recommended it that I knew, so I gave it a try. And it's probably the best comic book thing since The Dark Knight, or, you know, that and The Dark Knight, period. Yeah. It's, but it takes a completely different approach. Um, it, it, it feels really pulpy and just fun. It, it's not too, it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is really, really nice. Yeah. And, uh, it, they rely almost entirely on like practical effects and like really, really impressive fight choreography and just amazing acting for for a show like that. Um, it's it's way better than I expected it to be. It's like it's just a really fun show, and it it knows how to keep things tense and suspenseful and cool. It's like the plot moves very, very quickly, and it just feels like it's paced perfectly, like an entertaining show and it's just probably the most entertaining thing you can watch right now on tv is it animated no no it's all live action hmm. might, um, might, might yeah. be cool might be cool yeah it's don't let the comic book thing deter you uh it's it's way better than i thought it would be and i was expecting it to be terrible all right cool and then uh i've also been living in uh curfewville USA. Um, it only recently got lifted, but in Baltimore we couldn't leave um, our residences after 10 p.m. And because uh, you might get shot by cops. Yeah, I I couldn't. The plan was for a while that me and my roommates were going to go out and watch uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, and uh, we couldn't do that because we couldn't go outside. So that was uh, a bummer. So you didn't Did you, see you, it at all. You got to watch it, and I didn't. No, I I. I could have watched it without a curfew because I went way out of my way to 
<laughs> to illegally stream it because there's no way I'm paying $100. Like, my rule of thumb... Okay, here's my rule of thumb. I, we've talked about this shortly before on the podcast, but my rule of thumb with illegally downloading things is if there's no way I would ever pay for it, then fine, yeah. I can download it. There is absolutely no way I would pay $100 to watch a boxing, boxing match. Um, no way. Uh, unless maybe it was that one that was going to be between... Uh, George Zimmerman and oh, who did he challenge? Was it Fifty Cent or something? It was some fucking I random dude, know. or he got challenged, or he—I don't remember who issued the challenge, but that didn't work out. So they—they they don't get my, their my hundred dollars. But anyway, yeah, I watched that uh, boxing match. I—I I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm sure everyone else is already talking about it. Uh, it was not as bad as everyone's making it out to be, and it wasn't that great. So there you go. The preliminary boxing matches were actually much more entertaining. Um, there's this guy named Fuck. I don't remember his name at all. This Russian or Eastern European dude, and John he is, Cena. <laughs> no, not not John Cena. Not Rusev either. Uh, he he did really well though. He uh, he beat the crap out of his opponent, and it was pretty entertaining. Uh, so I don't know. I had fun watching that. I had so. The first stream I found was just terrible quality, and I was like, whatever, I'll keep this on for now because it's just the preliminary stuff, and I'll keep looking for like higher quality streams. And I found a slightly higher quality one, and it was a British broadcast with Sky Sports, which I'm used to watching because of Formula One. And so I had that one up, and I had the low quality one as a backup because apparently the streams were just being taken down like as they came up. People were just taking them down because they there were so many people. Like Once a, once a good stream would pop up, the, the viewers would just skyrocket. Like, people were just looking for these things everywhere. And then one came up on YouTube that was an actual HD stream. And then I, I got in at, like, 12,000 viewers. And then, like, it got to, like, 28,000 in, like, 10 minutes. And, and it got shut down. And so I had, like, all these streams up and shit. And half of them went down. And, like, there were three different languages going on and shit. Uh, but I, I managed to see it through all of that effort. It was not worth the effort. But you have to see it, you know? It, it was a thing. It, you got to see it. It's a thing. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to say you missed out, though. I mean, it, but seriously, like, if you saw the news articles that were like, they just scammed everyone out of $100, worst match of the century. Uh, no. I, I was reading stuff like that, yeah, that people were very, very disappointed. It it was like, first of all, it, it was never going to be that great of a match, and people already knew that from the beginning uh, because they're they're kind of two old guys <laughs> with styles that don't really match in a way that probably won't be entertaining it's the fight of the century yeah i mean it's cool that they finally fought but like nobody expected it to be that great or nobody who knew what they were getting into expected it to be that great i just think that a lot of people were watching it expecting a rocky fight you know and, <laughs> and someone to just knock out someone and it just was never gonna happen um but it, I, if you like if you know even just a little bit about boxing like i know very little but i i know the basics it it was it was still kind of entertaining to to watch how Mayweather kind of controlled the pace and 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 kept Pacquiao out of his arm arm width and everything, but it was not that fun. There were there weren't a lot of connected hits that were very powerful or anything. But I don't know. There were some big moments. Uh, the crowd was kind of entertaining because they would just cheer like crazy every time Pacquiao would get some hits in, and they would. Boo, Mayweather and shit. That was actually pretty fun to. It was like watching a wrestling match, which I didn't actually expect. Um, but it was, it was cool, I guess. Uh, but it's it's not quite as good as the real thing, right? 
it's not quite as good as the WWE. Uh, if you want to really see some some action, some real you tune into uh, wrestling real I stories. Real. Hard. I haven't watched Raw in like three weeks. I watched the pay per view that was a couple weeks ago. I actually watched that last week. It was all right. I don't know. I, I wrestling has. I, I've I've watched less of it now. I'll probably still watch the pay per views, but I don't know if I'll tune into Raw all that often because you just you get burnt out real quick on wrestling. Let me tell you. But I still think it's great. Real quick, this has been like a, a <laughs> thing on all of them, I think, since the second episode. Or I don't something. know, but it was, yeah, whatever, you know? But maybe I'll get back into has, it. The world has plotted the rise and fall hey, you of know what? Skip I grew up. I grew up. Wrestling. <laughs> I'm an adult now. Um, oh, Both okay. Like six months. The, the, the best part of the Pacquiao versus Mayweather fight was not anything related to the fight itself but rather to social media's reactions after the fight and just the kind of people who tweeted about it and shit was, it was really entertaining going through and looking at people saying, well, I didn't pay for the pay-per-view because I don't support domestic abusers and I'm not giving that monster my money and shit. And these are the same fucking people that tune into the NFL every fucking Sunday night or watch whatever fucking any movies that are made by shitty directors, like tons of them, like that, you can't, you can't take that moral stance if you're gonna. Yeah, why can't you? Do, I just admit that it's not a moral thing to do, but I just do it anyway. Uh, well, I mean, I just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I, 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 I don't like Mayweather, and I think he's probably a pretty shitty person, and and he beat up women. It's like an indisputable fact. But that's not. Like I, that's not going to influence my decision whether to watch this thing that that he's in. Like that, that's to me that they well, those things aren't that related. I, it, I just don't care. I I guess, but I think it sort of matters. I, I think mean, I think if you if you start going down the rabbit hole of I'm not going to support things that the people who operate them well, you know have done bad I things see, and <laughs> yeah i see where your argument's going but like i don't think you need it as a general rule that if i disapprove then i'm going to uh exercise my power as a consumer and go elsewhere i think if it's just like reserved for for cases that really get you riled or pissed off well yeah, see that's the like, thing. The only reason people were doing that is because it became this big like thing. Everyone was talking about how Mayweather was a domestic abuser. And since people don't talk about that as much with a lot of other shit and they don't know also. Like you you just like there's a lot of bad people out there who get away with yeah. it. And I just don't worry about it. Yeah, but he did his time. I sure, but if people really have like a moral objection to it then it it kind of makes sense that if if you did care, and I don't think it's that like crazy to care. I don't really care personally. I don't think it's crazy. But, no, I I just I just not, found not it even inter- crazy. I don't think it's like I don't think it's incorrect to care. I I'm not gonna. I don't think it's a matter a matter of correct or incorrect. I'm mostly like. The problem that I have with it is that the kind of people that were talking about it and saying, like, well, I don't support a domestic abuser were just these pretentious assholes that turn their nose up at people who, you know, 
people who don't care. And, and, and also, they never would have paid for the pay-per-view anyway, but they're like, well, I'm taking a moral uh, ground stance here, and that's yeah, the reason that's, I'm not watching. Stupid. And it's like, no, you wouldn't do it anyway, because you don't care. And right. I don't know. Yeah, I got into a very... I mean, the people I'm talking about are probably very few and far between, because most of them, right, probably don't actually watch boxing or any kind of fighting at all and are just talking about it now because it's popular yeah and 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 i also find it i i i like to see people get mad at mayweather flaunting his cash he's so shitty have you have you seen his instagram uh no but i can probably guess i mean literally he'll just upload a picture of like his four bugattis in front of his private jet and just be like I'm all about the money, and people <laughs> just go fucking ape shit. They're like, "You fucking asshole! You don't deserve the money!" Ah! And I just think it's the most hilarious thing ever because, like, he doesn't give a shit, and they care yeah. so much, and he cares that is funny. so little, and it's so entertaining to me just to watch people freak out about it and say that he didn't earn it, even though he started from like literally nothing, like he was impoverished, and then he actually. Box his way to wealth, which he literally I mean, fought his way to the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, call the guy shitty all you want, but saying he didn't earn it is is just silly. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe you can say that he shouldn't be paid that much as a as an athlete, but that's a whole different issue altogether. Anyway, I I, I had fun with that. I I just thought it was funny seeing people's reactions and 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 how like God, how hopeful people were for Pacquiao to win because they saw it as like this good versus evil thing and. Everyone who, like, everyone knew he wasn't going to win. Or, like, if you know anything about the match, like, you knew he, it was very unlikely. The The betting odds were a little bit more favorable than they probably should have been towards Pacquiao because it was just, like, he didn't have the reach. He couldn't even reach the guy. Like, it was just, it was, it, it was very entertaining to see those people be disappointed. <laughs> even though I don't like Mayweather, it was just, yeah. Uh, anyway, we've, we've talked about that too much. Um other stuff that I watched that I know you watched because we asked each other before the podcast is, well, two shows that we like a lot, Mad Men and Game of Thrones. I'm going to start with Mad Men. Uh, what did you think about the latest episode? We're, this is the third to the last episode. Okay, hold of, on. Let, me, let me be clear. I think I might be exactly one behind. Um, that I'm at the one where... Well, I guess I shouldn't really say, actually. Ah, um, yeah, I'm, whatever. I'm, I'm debating whether spoilers! we should Spoilers! Like, Mad Men we'll spoilers. Do we'll do it half in the bag and, style and, 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 and if just you say haven't spoiler. seen Mad Men, like, don't freak out about the spoilers because it's yeah, not Yeah, it's that not big about video. what happens. It's really. Okay. So I'm. Don and the other partners had just got told by the big executive at, um, at the firm that absorbed them that. They're getting everything they want, all the big accounts. Like yeah, Coca-Cola. it ended with him like going to each one and saying the account that they would like. Yeah, and you know, it kind of ends with them, with the the tone and theme being like, um, now that they have what they dreamed of, they're still not satisfied. That kind of ending, I, which yeah. I think they did pretty well. I don't mean to to be facetious about it. Sure, but that's that's where I'm at. I think I, that's one or two behind. That's one behind. I think. One behind. Okay. Uh, the the latest episode, yeah. The, the the latest episode you need to see right away because it's it was very good. Uh, it was almost I want to say maybe a little bit too cheesy, even for Mad Men, which is a stretch. I 
maybe it was just like the mood I was in when I watched it, but there were certain moments where I was like, "God damn, Madman, you're you're really going for it here. Like you're you're not holding back anything." Uh, it, it was like very in your face with the cheesiness and the metaphors and all that. But it's part of what I like about the show. Uh, Actually, one of the tight because we're on the topic of metaphors, one of the tightest metaphors I've seen in a TV show. It was actually in I when I was catching up to Game of Thrones. I watched the end of the last season and the beginning of this one. The episode where uh, the Hound fights Oberyn. Mm-hmm. That that was the tightest metaphor I've ever seen, like in a visual medium, like or not. Yeah. Or I mean, I just mean TV or movies. Fuck, fuck me. The like pounding and the chung kung kung of the cousin, like it was within fifteen minutes at the end of an episode, but they just set up and paid off like a perfect and completely tight metaphor for the entire underlying logic of the show. <laughs> yeah, they do a really good job. Uh, Game of Thrones, like I don't think they get enough credit really with uh, taking advantage of. Uh, a tele- like what they can work with as a television like a television show instead of a book where like y- you can do stuff that a book can't i think they do a really good job of saying like let's 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 not just faithfully recreate the book let's actually make it a television show rather than just an adaptation and then they do stuff like that too uh i don't know if that's in the books or not i haven't read them and i'm, I'm planning on reading them but uh, that's that's something that pays off really well on a TV show and that isn't quite as effective, obviously, in, in text. And I think it's really, really neat that they, they do that a lot. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Mad Men, if I can catch up on it because the latest episode's pretty crazy and I don't know how Hello. it's going to end either. Okay, somebody in the chat, and if you're listening, audio, um, the, we do this live, so, you know, there's a chat. Somebody in the chat said that metaphor was horrible. Are you kidding me? Okay, I want to talk about it now. I want to unpack specifically what the metaphor was. So Tyrion was talking about his mentally retarded cousin who would just smash these bugs on the ground with a rock for no reason. And Tyrion would look at it and didn't know... He couldn't figure out why he was doing it, why he was killing the the bugs. And every time he would hit him, he would go, coom, coom, coom. And, uh... And then after that, it uh, like you hear the drums, and an important character dies, and uh, it's you know it sounds like the kung. That's the fucking metaphor. <laughs> like it, it's it's perfectly tight. Like the whole message is that this world of Game of Thrones kills people, and there's violence everywhere, and you can't exactly figure out where why it's this way. Why is it so horrible? That's what. It, God damn it! Like. I I know I shouldn't care so much, but that metaphor is like tight. It's tight. That's the best word I can use for it. And it's simple. I mean, it, yeah, it, it is. It, yeah, it doesn't try too hard or anything. It's just kind of like here you go. Uh, it's kind of like what I like about. But it's like the opposite of Mad Men in some ways. Although Mad Men's in your face with the metaphors, they usually have layers of depth that like you can just yeah. peel away at at your like who knows how far the writers want you to actually go. But like you can just take those as far as you want. Um, Game of Thrones usually is a little bit more simplistic, uh, but that's not a criticism. Um, uh, yeah, what I, good shows. What I really like about um, Mad Men, just in terms of the way it's written, is that it's one of the most clear-cut, uh, you know, 
not really genre standard, but standard put a whole bunch of characters with desires that conflict with each other together in an enclosed space. Yeah. And yeah. just watch it. And and out of that simple concept and really quite simple plot lines, like there's not a lot of complexity in what's going on in Mad Men at, at any time. And not not that much happens. It's one of the criticisms I see a lot of the show. But the way that they... The way that... The way that... Just the way they frame it is so... It's complex in itself. Not the plot, but the the metaphors and whatnot. The the, the desires of the characters and, the, and where they and come from. It's really not fair to say that nothing happens. Like, when you try to abstract away and describe... The, what happens in the episode using words, then it loses so much. Yeah. Because the show is able to make little things feel like something important happening. And it's a lot of it comes from the way characters react. Like in one episode, for example, Peggy, um, she's entering midlife. She's a woman. And uh, her secretary got flowers delivered to her desk from her valentine. And Peggy thinks it's for her. And it's just a simple little mix-up, but that occupies, like, half the episode, but it works. Like, they manage to make that interesting, and then it gets at, uh, what is she insecure about? And it's all very... It feels like it has gravity, because it does. It, it's, just, it doesn't retain it when you try to translate how it happened in the show into a synopsis. These very little things that happen are big to the characters, because... It, like they would be in real life like you you get you know you get mistaken for a secretary even though you're much higher than that and you're just entering your new job that would be a pretty big deal for someone to their personal like they're gonna say like well shit what have i got myself into it, when you compare it to something like breaking bad or game of thrones where the big things that are happening are deaths and and just crazy shit that doesn't really happen to most people's day-to-day -day lives. That's what makes Mad Men so great is it, it, it makes these seemingly smaller things just as big because that's, that's the kind of stuff we go through in our own lives. And it, it, the, the success of it comes from them being able to sell it as being a big deal where those other shows have to drift into the bombastic to, to try to say it's a yeah. big deal, you know? Like, I think... In, like in a in a literary sense, I think Mad Men is less realistic than Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. In, it's yeah, kind of dreamier. I mean, it's, not a, it's not that realistic of a show in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what happened because they like literarily are bound to happen and should, and they. It's not. I don't know. It's. Whatever. I don't have well, the toolbox to talk about this. And things, things, very convenient things happen in Mad Men uh, that parallel each other and that create these. Yeah, these and you don't question metaphors it, and whatnot, really, yeah. because it it just feels tight, and there's no reason to dwell on that because it just works perfectly to what the and, characters and are. And now that I think about it, I don't know if I don't know if unrealistic is is really is is really accurate because no, I don't, I don't mean unrealistic. I just mean like what literary realism is. That, yeah, in that sense, I think the fact the fact that Mad Men, it, everything that it shows, every scene and every piece of dialogue and every character reaction has meaning behind it and has a reason yeah. to exist, and that 
kind of gives off an air of, of, of not being realistic because that's not how real life is. But when you think of it as, well, these characters have lives outside of the shots that you're seeing of them, you know, it's obviously everything's edited together to only the important bits. Then it, it becomes a little more realistic, even if some things are a little too convenient, but like, you know, the, the, uh, these these things that people call heavy-handed, like the computer being moved into the office, and how many parallels that had when that happened, and, and how they like explicitly address that it's <laughs> a metaphor. That, that was they, sort of the latest episodes had the la- latest episode has the. I'm just going to go ahead and it's not a spoiler. The, there's a moment in the latest episode where they turn off the lights while they're still in the office, and 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 one of the characters literally says, "Well, that wasn't subtle." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, okay, Madman, I, I, I get it. <laughs> That's good. They do That's a lot really of good. like they, they, they do a lot of like meta humor with Madman. I think like they, they, they are very aware Actually, of what the fans are saying. And I'm not okay. I'm not trying to shit on you for saying that. So it really wasn't a big deal. But kind of a way to think about Madman is that what Skippy just said is sort of more of a spoiler than figuring out what the plot was at that moment if that makes sense i, I know like, yeah i know what you're saying yeah yeah like it really wasn't that big a deal like i'm not trying to say that but just the kind of show it is those are the moments that make it it's yeah. I, it's so good yeah I mean, and oh man and you can only spoil the the show by like stating what the character's motivations are at the moment rather than yeah. like what they're actually going through because they're usually not going through anything hugely, you know, transformative or anything. It's like their lives are pretty much yeah, staying like, the same. Like Ted for the most Shaw Don or um Roger Sterling wants Ted Shaw to come back to New York from LA. Like, okay. <laughs> you could spoil that and it would have literally no impact. That's something that actually happens in the story. <laughs> it, but it doesn't mean anything. But they can spend an entire episode exploring it, and 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 it's entertaining and actually quite deep. Uh, good for them. Good for Mad Men. Good for okay. Game of Thrones too. Very two very different shows. <laughs> two very good ones. Uh, I'm sad that Mad Men is ending, and I really, I'll be really interested to see what the creators have up their sleeve next, because I'm sure that they'll get offered a lot of money to do something very good. Uh, yeah, Matt Weiner is. He's he's a good. And- very good. Yep. Okay. Do you want to talk about? Video games? I guess. I guess. We've, we spent all this time avoiding the topic of video games. I guess this is a video game podcast. Unpleasant as it is. I, I don't actually have a lot uh, to say about video games because I... I, I the only one I'm going to bring, be bringing up isn't... I actually didn't play it for the first time this week. Uh, I just remembered that I hadn't mentioned on the podcast, or at least I don't remember mentioning it. Luftrausers? No, I don't remember that. Luftrausers. Have you heard of it? Uh, I, I now I'm not sure if you've talked about it. But just talk about it. <laughs> I don't think I've talked about it. Uh, it is there's not a whole lot to say. It's a very simple game. Um, it, God, now I, I I haven't even thought about how to describe the game. It is a survival, not not like not like building you know fire survival, but like waves of enemy kind of survival. Uh, survival game where you fly a sort of a plane and shoot other planes, I guess, asteroids style in a way, um, you know, 2d plane, but there's gravity. So you have to, you have to point your ship upwards and boost to, to keep from going into the ocean. You're, you're flying over the ocean and shooting at ships and other planes and whatnot. You can change parts on your ship that change things quite drastically. Like the gameplay actually, like 
well, very drastically change. Every every part has something very unique about it. Like one of them will let you fly underwater, so you can dive into the water and come back out. And usually you lose health when you go in the water, but it doesn't if you're doing this thing. Another one lets you ram into other enemies uh, without taking damage and and inflicting damage on them. So these like completely change up your play style. Uh, and there's you can pick an engine, a body, and a weapon. And uh, and one of the cool little things that they do is it builds. It has there's like one theme that it plays every time you start the game, and they're very. It's kind of a fast moving thing. Like games won't usually last more than a couple minutes. Um, but you launch your little ship, and it starts playing this theme. But the theme is built on. I guess I guess you would call them instruments. Although I think the tune will change a little bit too. Um, of what parts you chose for the ship, and every ship combination. There's probably like eight parts for each three components of the ship. Uh, each combination has a unique ship name and a unique song that goes along with it. And it, it, so, like, you change one part and you'll notice one part of the song changing to complement that part. And I, I just think that's really cool. And it's it's got a lot of style to it. It's, it's a really neat little stylistic game. And, and it's, it's quite fun. I don't think there's not, like, a ton of playability you're going to get from it. Like, it's not, like... I would estimate it as I'd say most people probably get four or five hours out of it. It's not, I don't know how much it costs. I don't remember, but it was on sale recently and uh, it's a cool game. I would recommend it, but only if it's quite cheap, Uh, don't pick it up for more than like 10 or $15. So, and it's on steam. It is on steam. It was originally on Vita, I think exclusively. And I think only recently it got, it got put on steam. Well, Skippy brilliant segue. Because speaking of Steam, Good Old Games now has their uh, Galaxy. Have you heard about this? I had, no. It's a new client from Good Old Games called God Galaxy. And it's basically just like a Steam competitor, but for GOG. Um, I haven't used it yet, but it has like a friends list and like an overlay, I'm pretty sure. And it's just uh, is your um, good old games library, but it's got some pretty cool features. Uh, there's a way to like roll back your your game or automatically update if they release a patch or something. But you can roll it back to a previous patch. Like if the latest patch breaks your game, you can roll it back, and it's it's pretty easy. And then all of it on there is DRM free. So. I, I guess that's kind of cool. I don't know. I don't really need another client, but I remember just kind of being a little annoyed sometimes that I can't use the overlay when I'm playing old games just because I've been so like accustomed to using an overlay to yeah. like, open up a web browser, check the time. Checking the time is probably the biggest one. <laughs> um, but I, if it works seamlessly with these old games that often have kind of janky graphics, so I don't know if it'll work with everything, but that would be cool. I would yeah. probably use that, I, and I'm I, more likely to play games if I have a, like a, a manager for them. It's just like you're more likely to listen to music if you have an organizer for it. I'd really just like to see them rise to the level of being somewhat competitive against Steam because Steam is. I, I, I'd hesitate to call them like a monopoly because they're still competing against you know publishers right. that use their own stuff and physical copies, all that stuff. But they have a monopoly on the particular service that they're selling and. There's a lot of things that they do terribly. I mean, I I, I legitimately like Steam. I think that they're a, it's a pretty cool thing, 
but they the fact that it just hasn't improved like there's certain areas that they haven't improved at all or that have gotten worse that are just uh, unbelievable like the fact that steam still goes down multiple times every day it'll just be down like you yeah. can't play games that rely on their servers and shit it's just down the, how do you how, why do we put up with that shit like it actually just goes down multiple times a day like th- nothing else does that uh, i don't know how they get away with it well they get away with it because they're the only ones that, that, that do it um and 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 god we've we've talked about it before the, the way that they're th- just whoring out shit on the the store page green light just letting anything through all these anime games coming up and 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 little like indie dlc bullshit whatever clones all that shit just gets stuffed in there you can't find the good shit it's it's bad they, yeah. they where's the good shit where's all the, we have where's is all the, the bad shit, shit. uh yeah. so yeah i mean i think that they're not quite completely overlapping markets because GOG is mostly old games and the requirement on that that site the requirement on that site is that everything's DRM free Yeah, so they can probably do like bigger stuff and newer stuff and they already are with indies I guess sort of and uh, because I think CG Projekt Red I don't know exactly what their involvement with GOG is but it's either that they own it or they have some major stake in it or they're just major partners with them. But The Witcher 3 is going to be released new on GOG. Hmm. Um, and from this screenshot that I'm looking at of the uh, good old game store in the uh, Galaxy interface, um, it's on sale, 10% off or something. Which uh, it would be Witcher on 3. Steam too, probably. Usually with the pre-orders, they, they do like 5 or 10% off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that might be it. I thought that it was full price, even if you pre-ordered it now. But nah. whatever. Um, I mean, I don't know what Witcher Three is on Steam, but usually with big releases, they they do a small discount yeah, for pre-orders. You're right. I didn't check Steam, so I don't know if this is exclusive at all. So either way, it's it looks like a pretty good interface. I can't say how responsive it is, but I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm gonna download it later. Yeah, I think that they'll. I think they'll. Uh, here's the thing: we know that the video games are becoming more and more indie-based, indie-heavy. Uh, these AAA games aren't carrying publishers anymore. Uh, so even even if they completely have no support with AAA, even if The Witcher Three wasn't going to come out on that, their platform, they could still be a, a legitimate competitor to Steam. Because I I'd be yeah. very interested to see what proportion of Steam's revenue comes from big games versus indie like if you if you separate it from like if you put like a $30 like anything above $30 anything below $30 and like put that on a pie graph I'd be really interested to see what the sales figures are like because I, I, I'm willing to bet that the indie games give them much more money uh, than those bigger ones as a whole um, that yeah that's probably true because the triple A's well yeah the triple A's probably like manually negotiate the contracts and get that maybe too. not exactly the same cut all the time like i i don't think even though they everything they've said seems to s- say that everybody gets the same cut i don't think that when call of duty gets put on there that it's the same as when like I probably not i can't imagine I, I they would they would like for yeah for big releases like that i'm sure that they would negotiate something uh maybe they have a flat rate but it would be a separate rate for triple a versus indie for sure because there's there's just so many different factors that that come with that uh it, i 
triple A games are always going to be around. They're always going to exist. People are saying that they're just going to completely die. It's the same as Hollywood. You know, like big budget movies still make tons of money enough to support themselves. They still come out. They still do better than the smaller movies, but the smaller movies are more numerous and some of them go viral. I hate to use that word, but like some of them, you know, get a kind of a cult status and shit and, and they'll do really well. Uh, and it, it, in a lot of ways, games are starting to really mirror the, the, the movie industry uh, in some scary, some scary ways. But it's it is a very interesting to watch. Um, I, okay, sorry, this isn't related. Um, but I was just looking at the um, Galaxy Store page, and I noticed Broken Age. Um, that new episode came out, Act 2 of Broken Age. I started playing it, didn't finish it. Already the puzzles are kind of dumber. But back to the actual topic. Uh, I'm looking at the store, and there's actually a lot of like new games. They're not huge, but there's Pillars of Eternity, um, Hotline Miami 2, Witcher 3, Broken Age. So it's, it's they're kind of indie, but like high indie enough that the money can be moving. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and of course the whole concept of indie is really losing all of its meaning because some so many of these yeah. games are coming out from publishers. Exactly. But I I'm looking at Steam and I don't see Witcher three. They it might be exclusive. To it's GOG. It? I have no idea. I mean, if it's it, well, it's DRM free, so yeah. But you can I mean you can you can you can release your game DRM free no, no, and I, still I use Steam's DRM. Yeah, I wasn't saying that to say you were wrong, even though that was what my voice was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're sounding like a uh, old married couple at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it on Steam. Yeah, it might be exclusive. I mean, I, maybe they sell it off their website stuff. No, it's on stuff, Steam. Yeah, it it's on Steam. Oh, okay, well it's, not on the, well, it's not on the front page. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. That's what's going on there. But more Steam news. Um, Black Mesa Source, did you play that it's the remake of um, i played a couple hours yeah i didn't complete the yeah it's the source it's the source engine remake of uh um half-life one and it's not like half-life one source that they have it's a fan mod and it remakes all the assets have they started calling it black mesa source again no i think it's just black mesa okay um yeah, this habit. When they first introduced it, it was called the project was called Black Mesa Source, um, but it was free, and it was incomplete, and it came out I think last year or maybe even earlier than that, um, two years ago I think, and it was free, and was missing the final part of Half Life One, which is like where you go to Zen because they didn't want to just remake that; they wanted to make it different and because that was the worst part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've taken down the free game, and they've released Black Mesa on Steam. Wait, and what do you mean yeah. they took down the original? You can't get it for free, or at least not oh, legally. Oh, okay, not for free. Okay. And you go to Steam, and you can buy it for twenty dollars. And you figure, hey, okay, so they released the unfinished game earlier for free. Now it's in the actual store. Now it's got a price on it of $20. It's probably got the new levels. No! <laughs> no. It's the exact same thing. And it's cost Fuck $20. And I, I read through it. 
I didn't give it like a thorough scrubbing. Um, but when I like control F in the comments and the reviews and uh, read the frequently asked questions that the developers wrote, um, nothing mentions that it's not updated, that it doesn't have the new levels. It even like says something about wanting to change the levels, cause, like they've said they've said that before. So I bet you a lot of people bought this today thinking they were getting the the new Zen levels. I think it's really shitty. Early access. Says it right there on the page. Yep. Fuck. Early access is, honestly, if I were to choose one of the worst things to happen to video games in the last several years, early access would be up there. Maybe even, like, number one. Because I, I literally think that it's, it's, it has ruined a few games already. Yep. And it will, it will get worse and worse and will never, will never recover from it. It will, it will stay a thing. And the the standard of quality and the standard of quantity uh, uh, of new games coming out will lower every time. Yep, and you can. There's a depressing number of things you could say that about <laughs> Kickstarter, um, like Broken Age Act Two. Already, I haven't gotten that far, but I'm probably like an hour or two in of the second act, and uh, it's, it's the some of the stupidest puzzles. Like climbing up a pipe to just the right part where you can cut the pipe and then fall and then randomly choose between buttons in a completely unguided way that has no logic to it. They said they it wanted just feels to make lazy. it harder. I think it feels lazy. I've heard a lot of criticism. I don't. I, I think everyone thinks that it's not not as good as the first act. And yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't have that much to say about that in particular, uh, but. I just the Kickstarter was that, and Patreon, and there's so many of these. Greenlight, sorry, not Patreon. Greenlight, yeah, that was the big one. Well, Patreon, nah, Patreon can get there. But someone in chat said, "I think uh, the one good instance of early access working was with Minecraft, and uh, I cannot disagree more because Minecraft was going to be something completely different. Uh, it was going like the whole." shitty way that Minecraft looks, I'm fairly confident that that was supposed to be temporary, like the pixelated shit. I, I, I'm not positive about that one. But there was like a lot I think, of... I don't think so. There were a lot of features, though, that, that were going to be added into the game that just got completely forgotten about after it blew up in, in Early Access. I, I, I don't... Like, I don't know if... I, I don't know if Early Access ruined that game because it turned it into something that people did want, which, good for them or whatever, but it it is a prime example of of Early Access seeing success and changing the development of the game. Maybe not for the worse, maybe for the worse, you can't really say, but I don't... I, I'm a big advocate for a creator making what he wants to make. Good or bad, that like I don't like the the influence that fans have. I I almost always think that that's a negative uh a negative thing for a game and early access is just opening up the floodgates for uh, not very well thought out criticism and criticism that comes from uh, a perspective of not seeing the game as a whole because it's still incomplete and also making your money before you've made the game which means there's absolutely no obligation to make a good game because you've already made your money. Why would you? Uh, Notch hardly well, did anything to that game for years. 
Like I, it, he would update it very tiny little things, but like it, that game was so stagnant for so long. I agree in general. Like I think early access is a terrible thing, but I don't think that the fan input is always or usually a bad thing. Um, not so much input, like constantly being involved in the development process, like with these um, backer-only message boards and talk to the devs, but just like generally developers being able to get some kind of feedback is usually helpful. I'm having trouble thinking of... There are some where they clearly made fan pandery decisions like TF2 where they flooded the market and game with all these stupid items that ruined everything. But most of the time, it it seems to make sense or or be good like bloodborne is one example with the, with the low times and some balance changes and just any game that receives balance updates which is like all of them now i i don't know that i can agree that's yeah, a, 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 a bad thing every single person that's posted in chat has has very very much disagreed with me but i i i i played minecraft since pretty much i think since it was like first ten dollars in the early access like right when it came out on that pay thing and it still had the free option. I don't know. Maybe they still have that free game that it doesn't really resemble Minecraft all that much anymore. Uh, and I, it didn't change that much from what it was back in the day. I mean, I, they add, they did add stuff, but it just, it still just seemed very empty and it didn't, I didn't get the impression that the developers were trying very hard to make a complete and quality product because it had already become popular, and I mean, good for them. I, I, I don't want to take that achievement away from them or anything, but the, I, I think that they probably had a vision with that game starting out that completely went out the window right when it became popular, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I, I, I'm just not seeing it. I mean, I think that it, it kind of... The updates got worse. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it was sometime in beta... Like 1.5 or 1.6, but I, I think it was somewhere when they added hunger. Hunger, I guess, we're talking about Minecraft now, but let's do it. Hunger, <laughs> I think, ruined that game. The the most fun I ever had with Minecraft is when I was just kind of chilling out in a cave, mining through things. It was very mechanical. I guess I'm autistic. It was very mechanical. Yeah, and, you. <laughs> uh, it was just relaxing. And the music would play, and but now you gotta load up on a ton of shit, and you know I I just don't want to think about that. It's that doesn't add anything to the game for me. It's uh, well, um, it's immersive. You get hungry. Fuck, I don't know. And you're pointing. Well, you're you're making a point that I I think does agree with me in that the updates that they did put out that added things to the game, it didn't feel like they were really adding anything useful or interesting to me like they i remember at one point they they introduced like the villages with like little villagers in them that did absolutely nothing i don't know what they do now if anything and then they and then they introduced like quests and it was like oh my god it's gonna be like there's gonna be like a quest where like you defeat a dragon and it's literally you just build a portal and then defeat a dragon like i don't think there's anything else to it and i mean it's just it's very empty feeling and i don't i don't necessarily blame them because they've got all of these fucking 11 year old kids buying their game they, they don't need to make it anything more than it is like the, people already like it and they're going to continue to like it because it it appeals to a certain level of autism that that is very successful yeah. and you, you, the people who make the 
computers and in like the redstone you know you've seen those yeah i just think that i really like the simplicity of it or at least that's what drew me to it at first was that everything was pretty simple and there was redstone but that was like the most complex it got but now there's like enchanting and all these obscure mechanics yeah. that are just don't add much and aren't fun and i don't know it just got too bloated for me and and, and the comment by our experience was okay it really didn't change anything about the game exactly that's, yep. that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it, I just, I yeah. All it does is like, ma- whenever I see it on my bar, I just yeah. And, and like you imagine, like they've got this team of people working on this game, and it takes like several weeks for them to come out with this big update, and they've added a little bar that goes up that does nothing, and it's like, what are they fucking yeah. doing? And I remember people like I don't know if people remember this, but people were freaking out at one point about how little was being done and like they were like what the hell is notch spending all of his time doing and he was like going on all these vacations and people were making fun of him for it which i don't think was necessarily warranted but like people were aware of this stuff and and i think people have kind of forgotten about it in a lot of ways uh which I, yeah whatever it's still a successful game and all that but like that minecraft has a very weird history and do you remember when it when it became 1.0 and it was just completely arbitrary like it wasn't yeah, like a big well, release or anything I mean, it was just they were just they they literally pulled a lever at their big minecon mine or whatever and it was like here's 1.0 and it was just nothing i i don't know i think that the update that they did then was like kind of bug fixy and that they wanted to release like a a working updated product like they recently whatever i mean who cares about the launch of minecraft 1.0 but <laughs> i don't know I don't even know what we were originally talking about. Uh, early access. And, and the whole 1.0 thing brings it all around because I I am so tired of games like saying, when they come out, saying like we're version 1.0 because it always means that that's not actually the complete version of the game. They, they already have more planned and they've just arbitrarily decided on a 1.0. And you could, you could argue like, well, that's the same as normal game development where like eventually you make it gold or whatever, but it's, it's not because it, it, to me, it feels like they're just, they're just coming out of early access and it doesn't really mean anything because they're going to continue to update the game sometimes in very, very significant ways. Like, like uh, elite dangerous. I bought that version 1.0 and I probably got my money's worth out of it. I haven't played it in a long time now. But they have things planned with that game that are huge, like very major updates to that game that feel like they should be in the main game, but they're not. But it's version 1.0, so I I don't like that trend at all, and it's going to keep happening. That's the sad part about it. It's not just a trend. It is now it's video the, games. It's the standard, yeah. yeah. Um, all the unfinished games of 2014, there was a lot of them. Assassin's Creed Unity, everybody's pretty much forgotten about it by now, but not about its launch by any means. Um, I don't know. It's You kind of are just impressed when stuff works on day one now instead of being Yeah, I've started, know, reviewers, I've started hearing reviewers. I've started hearing game reviewers saying the game works as if that's a compliment and they're they're aware of it like they they always like you know correct themselves and say like yeah that shouldn't be a compliment but that the fact that that is something that we have to now say about games because i mean the year 2014 was so shitty for working like games that just none of them that came out worked and i mean some in horribly uh, broken ways like unity wasn't even the worst like the the master chief collection 
people couldn't play that online for months. They couldn't play it online, which is like the whole reason people bought it. It's insanity. I, I, I it drives me crazy. I think that the backlash to that, to the whole year of broken games, is going to lead to to big games like that being more complete on release. But it, we're still not going to get out of this early access shit. This is always going to happen. And, and yeah. even with like even even with Bloodborne, it happened. Like these long loading screens that they knew that those were a problem, and, and they still released the game and then patched it two months later. And that kind of sucks. Whatever. Felt like two months. <laughs> It With all the loading screens and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, in other horrible news, Heroes of the Dorm. What? ESPN2 <laughs> broadcast. Oh, that wasn't like, wasn't that last week? Was it? I don't care. Uh, I we think didn't I've talk talked about it. About it. I thought Did I we? About it. Maybe. Okay. I don't maybe. Know. Anyway, I, we didn't talk about it. I just it happened. Yeah, that happened. And Jesus. One of the funniest things to come out of it was the uh, Colin Cowherd. Did you hear him ranting no, about... I don't think so. Yeah, he basically said... He, he went on like a three-minute rant about it. And uh, he was very upset and very somber. He was like an old sports broadcaster type kind of guy. So just picture that. Like, he's been in the business for a while. <laughs> this is, just, you know... And coming down the line like that kind of guy, okay... And he said, if I am ever forced to cover guys playing video games, I will retire from this <laughs> network. And he was just so, like, and let me tell you, the, the day that somebody asked me to cover that is the day I walk out the door. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Was this broadcast on ESPN? Yeah, wow. on ESPN, like the actual ESPN, not ESPN2. And, like, during his rant, they would, like, intercut to that broadcast and it would show like it would the, like the guy I think this was Colin Coward's show and he gets to what goes on it and so he was comparing the um, Heroes of the Dorm coverage to like an actual game did they call and it Heroes of the Dorm here, yep they did because it's college it. level it's college Jesus. level esports so it's like why even but um yeah so they're showing the the esports and it's just like wow and then he go he wants he goes down to the left and now the thing here is and they'll explain what it is and it's all very superficial and stupid and then they he cuts to the actual sports and he's very specific about what's going on and then he just kind of looks at the camera, and you can just tell that he's, like, so upset about this. <laughs> um, but he doesn't really have to be, because apparently the ratings were terrible. Of course. And they performed worse than the fishing tournaments that were on that day. Uh, what happened is... is Nerds s- don't watch ESPN. Someone went to ESPN viewers don't watch esports. Someone got up in front of a board of, of executives and said... Look at how many viewers this this Dota tournament got on yep. on Twitch.tv and they're like what the fuck is Twitch.tv and they're like exactly it's the next big thing and and it's it's got a monopoly on esports and if you get in on the ground floor uh, we can build this into something and now we've already got the viewer base and we can just take it away from them and we can we can drive through and 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 nowhere in that conversation was wait a minute is our demographic the kind of people who want to watch this and it just didn't happen that conversation didn't happen and they just went forward yeah, with it and, and my coworkers made fun of it 
because I did I did mention on this podcast because I mentioned that my coworkers that's were, right were, yeah. were talking about it and laughing about it and had no idea what was going on. Uh, no, okay, I I do remember talking about this now. Okay, um, but just what was I going to say? Yeah, like okay, I remember now. You'd think that somebody would hire or at least consult with somebody who knows the industry and it seems like pretty obviously a bad idea and i guess that it wasn't totally a failure because it was a pretty small scale like test it was like, yeah i mean one, they didn't it was lose a college, any money on it yeah but i mean anybody could have told them yeah it's just how do you if you're the decision makers at espn if you wanted to know what the games industry looks like how would you go about doing that there's probably that's probably an, an intimidating yeah task i don't i don't want to criticize i don't want to do criticize right espn too much because they they've done it before and they continue to do it, it they're accepting of experimental ideas and new stuff and and yes. they always they give it a try and like they, they're actually you know trying to be innovative with that stuff and sometimes it's going to fail and some of it's going to seem like a bad idea and actually succeed so i i criticize them but i also like i do commend them a little bit for actually giving it a shot because you can easily see that as something that just gets shot down without even a consideration uh the the stupidest thing about it to me is that they chose a moba of all esports to to show they showed a moba which isn't it's the least it's it's the most impenetrable game possible the genre that makes the littlest sense to a viewer who doesn't play it okay so i kind of i do see where you're coming from because they did explain in the um, moba coverage they were doing they were doing a lot of explaining of what things were so i don't think it was meant for people who are really familiar with it I think they were going to try to reach out to yeah, new people. Yeah, but don't do it with a MOBA. And, yeah, exactly. So I, I think I do see where you're coming from there. But I totally do see why they did a MOBA, and it's because MOBAs are drastically more popular oh, yeah. than any other eSport. Yeah, uh, but like, it, not at the level that they were playing it and not the game that they were playing. Heroes of the Storm? Who the fuck watches that? Heroes of the Storm is not one of the big two MOBAs. It's very yeah, obvious yeah. which two um, MOBAs dominate. They probably... The- Come to think of it, because it's Heroes of the Storm and not Dota or League of Legends, I'm thinking this was almost entirely a Blizzard move that oh, they yeah, paid for. Yeah. I, I, yeah, again, like again, I'm not criticizing too much because this was a, a, probably a product of very many uh, deals. This was Blizzard. I think I think it was Blizzard. Yeah, uh, that, it was advertisement for their game for sure. Yes, uh, but as ESPN, I would like I would say like we should. We should, as anyone, as anyone covering esports, if you want to get a new demographic to watch it, don't start with MOBAs. RTSs are easier than MOBAs, even though, because you can, you can see, here's one color, here's another color, they fight each other, they go for the base. It's very simple. It's very easy to understand. You're going to have to explain stuff, but you can at least explain it with the already very obvious visual cues of of one color fighting another color with the fucking mobas you you can hardly half the time see what team they're on or which side of the map they're on or any like as when i try to watch them even if i'm watching one of those streams where they try to explain the shit i'm just a deer in headlights i have zero idea what's going on in those things and 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 that's someone who plays video games and who even gave mobas a shot uh so to someone who never even plays them that's it they're looking at 
shapes moving on a screen. Something. Okay, sorry to interrupt your flow, but I just saw something pretty interesting. Uh, apparently, social media activity during it was really high. Sure. But the rating, the Nielsen rating, was actually only 0.1. So that just shows how much demographics matter, because the people who probably did tune into this are on Twitter, and they go on Twitter all of them and they, are probably talking about it. Yeah, they post a screenshot of it, and they make a funny comment, and everyone who doesn't know what the fuck's going on thinks it's hilarious, because it's like, what the hell, they're showing video games on ESPN, and then everyone who does know what's going on also thinks it's hilarious, because holy shit, they're playing ESPN, but none of them are watching it, and <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, it, it, the, your average show who finds out that, haha, they're showing video games on ESPN isn't going to go say, hmm, maybe I should watch it. Yeah. This just but sounds you, lame. I think I think you show around, if you showed around of CSGO or any RTS, people who aren't that into it could could say like okay i see the, i see the appeal of this like csgo you get the instant gratification of seeing someone snap to someone's head and shoot like that you don't need to be like it's very obvious that they have high reflexes and stuff it might not be very entertaining for you or whatever but but the commentators can explain stuff and it's very obvious what's going on and with an rts like i said it's the visual cues are, are key and mobas have none of that shit especially when you factor in all the free-to-play bullshit that they come with that 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 changes what characters look like and you have no idea what's going on and there's so much just shit on the screen and i i, I don't like mobas i don't like them they suck so there's my opinion okay <laughs> did you hear about portal pinball no I didn't. did you hear about portal pinball portal pinball is gonna happen great <laughs> i actually that? no seriously great but more pinball things need to happen because pinball is always i do good. like pinball i i've i've really wanted a um really polished pinball experience that's like the next step from the X- Windows XP pinball exactly that I've yeah played forever um like a new version of that would be cool but apparently this is like a spin-off of the pinball game that the company that Valve is collaborating with um you know who the company Valve sold the IP to or not sold what you know what i'm saying licensed no. i meant licensed okay um <laughs> not sold jesus christ but you know um they have a pinball game already that's almost exactly the same. So maybe it's just existed the whole time, and I didn't know. Yeah. I, uh, there's there's a couple of successful like pinball, uh, virtual pinball companies out there that are actually making stuff and licensing it and stuff. I, I, I think they're mostly mobile, though, which sucks. Uh, and there's also I, at least one fairly successful physical pinball machine company still making those things i i've never seen one but i've heard of them making them like they're still making like a big movie comes out they might get the license for it and make a pinball machine i don't know where the hell they're sending those things but they're making them and i i, I just think pin, pinball is one of those things that like it's well it's not really a video game but i guess you could call it a video game genre it's a game you know and that's very i i it, it will never die like pinball is always going to be fun and you can always do f- cool new stuff with it i i like pinball yeah. rip pinball and that portal pinball is an excellent segue to a new segment called news no one cares about <laughs> all right and i'm just going to read a couple headlines from the game because okay maybe some context so the news every week basically 
on this podcast has been very slow because there's been almost nothing going on. And now E3's coming up. And yeah, so E3's coming up and there's it's just this huge drought of of interesting headlines. So I put together a little list and then I'm just going to also scan through uh, Destructoid and just read you some headlines of shit you don't care at all about. Goat Simulator, Goat Z DLC announced zombie DLC for Goat Simulator. Have fun with that. Adventure Time content is coming to Little Big Planet 3. Have fun with that. The Titanfall 2 isn't going to get a release date until 2016. No! Sorry, folks. You're going to have to wait. League of Legends getting championship winner skins. Okay. Um. Mist might get a Hulu show. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Do you, Did you care make about that, up? that? Did you make no. that up? No. Mist as in the game Mist with a Y? Yeah. yeah, do you care? Should we talk about it? Oh, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, this is on uh, Polygon. Polygon.com. Legendary television and digital media division reportedly picked up the rights to adapt Mist for television in 2014. <laughs> well, okay, so they're not making anything. They just have the rights to. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't see how you turn that into a TV show. That's, even, that's even crazier than Zelda. Scooby-Doo coming to Lego. Awesome. But not a Lego Scooby-Doo. That would be a little bit fun no it's um like the lego dimensions game which is their answer to disney infinity is getting oh. like scooby-doo skins why hasn't lego made a a video game where you build lego things I... <laughs> it's, it's such an obvious i think maybe like... i don't know much about lego dimensions maybe that's what they're doing i don't know i think it's just kind of disney infinity though I, yeah, I, but Legos. It doesn't sound like it. Like, I, I make like a not Minecraft style, but just like, like have you ever played Blockland? Or have you um, ever heard of it? Yes, that was a, I played that game several several years ago, and I actually had a ton of fun with it. It was just it was kind of before there were a lot of like it was kind of like probably around the same time that GMod was getting popular was when Blockland was getting popular, and. It, it, it was Lego, like it was bricks uh, that looked like Lego, and you could build things out of the bricks. And you know, you could. There was one level that was this big room, and like the the levels were massive, and you could do whatever you wanted with it, and you could mess around with it, where like you could stretch the bricks out to make really weird looking stuff, and it was a shit ton of fun. And it, it's on sale on Steam right now, which was kind of weird uh, to see. I saw that today actually, but it it you could you could make that game and license it as a Lego game. And all your little Minecraft demographic people would be would love it. They they eat it all up. I I don't understand why they're not doing that. There's a huge amount of money to be made. I I guess they're really protective of their license or something. I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> News nobody cares about. <laughs> okay. Uh. Okay, while I was looking through shitty headlines, which I'm not now, I'm not gonna read because I'm already wanting to die too much. But I found out that they're not taking PT away anymore from people who already had it. 
they took it down from the store, but you're still going to be able to re-download it if you ever lose it. So, good for them. I that's cool. that is that's a cool. piece of news I wasn't expecting. That is because, good because that would be totally like them to say, nope, it's just not a thing anymore. It never existed. Yes, and actually, this I think this might have happened since we podcasted. Uh, yeah, it probably did. Ukulele, have you heard about that? Oh yeah, I I've been following that like from the beginning, uh, from before the beginning, because uh, I've always. I've always been yeah, a fan it, of when it was rumors. Know. Yeah, it it was more than rumors because the actual creators were on Twitter saying like uh we yeah. we're getting together and we're going to do something and it was very obviously going to be a banjo kazooie thing and uh and yeah, now they kickstarted it and it was way more successful than anyone imagined, especially in the supposed age of people not doing kickstarter anymore they they i don't know how much they've made on it like as of today but it was way over a million i think um, yeah it's right now it's a million about four hundred thousand pounds about a million four hundred thousand pounds yeah that's it's a lot of money um that's probably what like more than that might be two more than two million dollars while um, i convert the currency <laughs> why don't you give like a brief synopsis of yeah ukulele uh is something that might sound really bad uh, when talked about in concept. It is the original creators of Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie and, unfortunately, Donkey Kong 64, which I don't think was a very good game. Uh, and and they... they God, they, they have a weird history because they've been kind of pushed and out of Rare. Sorry, I might have missed it. Did you say Donkey Kong Country? 64. Okay, well, they also made Donkey Kong Country. I didn't know that, but um, yeah, and they're those are maybe their best games. I think I hate Donkey Kong sixty. I don't really. I don't hate it. I don't hate oh. it. I hate it in relation to how wait. Much are you saying sixty four? The the one where you collect all the golden bananas. Yes. 64. No, that's sixty four. I'm talking about Donkey Kong Country. Okay, well, I'm saying For I don't like Super Donkey Nintendo. Kong sixty four. I, oh, I didn't okay. Care that, that's about a total. That's a totally different thing. Donkey Kong Country. It looks amazing of best, when it came out because the, the graphics were incredible. Ever. That's all I remember it's about so it. so good. The music is amazing, and it was made by Rare. Rareware is what they yeah. were called at the, the time. The music is always going to be amazing because they probably had Grant Kirkhope doing it. and he's... They didn't They didn't have Grant Kirkhope. Oh. They had another guy, but both of them are working on this new yes. game. Yes, okay, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they, they've been slowly pushed out of Rare as Rare has been turned into this really fucking cynical... Uh, subsidiary of microsoft, microsoft that yeah. makes shitty games and they, they made they made a good game called banjo kazooie nuts and bolts and it was a legitimately good game and and uh, should it have, wasn't quite should have been pretty successful and should have been very well loved but had the it name banjo kazooie in front of it which was a terrible idea and no everyone hated it because they were expecting banjo kazooie and then they even started out the game saying we can't make another game like Banjo Kazooie. Like the characters in the game at, in the introductory cutscene actually say, "Like we have to appeal to a wider audience, and we can't make Banjo Kazooie." It was very. They were obviously pretty frustrated yeah. with the way that their company had been turned. So now they're no longer working for Rare, and uh, and they founded their own little thing, and they call it Ukulele. And like you said. There are two original soundtrack people are on it, which are both very, very talented people who... I mean, the Banjo-Kazooie soundtrack, holy shit, is fantastic. And Banjo-Tooie. Um, and Donkey Kong 64, for that matter. Donkey Kong um, Country is... They all... They're all, oh. they all have good. Yeah. Uh, and they are... 
I thought it. I thought it was. I was. I had kind of a cynical attitude towards this because I, I look at that and I just see like, okay, they're basically making Banjo Kazooie again. Like, it's kind of sad in a way. It's just like this is yeah. like Banjo Kazooie, but not quite. And like everything looks exactly the same, but not quite. And the name, the letters are exactly the same font, and all this stuff. Like it was like this is kind of weird and sad, and I don't know if I want another Banjo-Kazooie game. That was a long time ago. It was a different time. Uh, they came out with a video that accompanied their Kickstarter, which I I don't think that they were relying on the Kickstarter to make the game. I think they'd already started making it, uh, and then they, they, they did a Kickstarter to make more money. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse in the grand scheme of things, but... It, the, the Kickstarter is not what I don't think what the game hinged on. Uh, but anyway, if you watch the video that they released with the Kickstarter campaign, I actually kind of got excited for it. It has some really cool little music and level design and everything. I, I don't like the characters that are the stars or whatever, but I'm sure I can warm up to them. I don't know. It, it actually could be pretty cool. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Fair enough. Fair enough. Indeed. Do you I, have any more news? I, I completely lost track of reality for like a good, what felt like an hour. So uh, <laughs> That's what every podcast is like every week. Uh, okay, so here's, here's something. A new ESA survey revealed that fewer people are playing video games today than last year. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. I, I guess the, I don't know how was the study conducted. I don't. I, this is the ESA report. I, I mean, like, how do they do that? Do you know? Like, how do they do no, the study? Well, I mean, they just survey a lot of people and they use okay. an appropriate sample size. But um, it's it's what compared to the it's <laughs> I don't know it's compared to a report from the same organization from last year. So it's not like they're, they're using different methodologies or something. It's the same group behind the report releasing right. their new report for 2015. And uh, it was like 59% last year, and now it's like close to 50%. So a significant decline in the number of people playing video games this year. Are we headed for the next big video game crash? I very I doubt it. I, I, I mean, do too. All the good games are coming out this year. Yeah, and now video gaming... Video gaming, ugh. Uh, video games are such a large industry now with so many games being pumped out that a, a true video game crash could never really happen again, I don't think, because everyone's—it's all these indie games are always going to come out and that's going to satiate us gamers. Uh, but that is weird. I, I, I Maybe that's a result of how fucking shitty 2014 was. 2014 sucked. But somebody in the chat said, "Did they finally stop counting those fake gamer girls?" And I'm reading through the uh, through the report. It's not like a whole bunch of dry text. It's all like in the form of infographics. Um, so you know, it's not like a dry read. But it looks like forty. They say fifty six percent of video gamers are male and forty four percent are female, which I think is more male than last year. I'm not positive about that. Yeah, last year they said 52% male, 48% female. So they are counting uh, fewer. I predict 
that mobile gaming and like Facebook gaming, which I kind of see those as the same entity in a way, uh, those things are dying very quickly. Those are more of a trend. They're not. Yeah, I don't. I think people expected that to be like the next big moneymaker and it flooded the market. And now you've got all this bullshit coming out on phones and on Facebook and it's all the same and people are tired of it because, you know, it was a trend and they, 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 yeah, they, they only, don't care about it anymore. When you, like when you hear about the big hot viral apps that are coming out, the games that people play on their phones, they're almost always like the first in that genre to be done just right, like financially and marketing yeah. and everything. Like Clash of Clans and Game of War has just ridiculously aggressive marketing and is copycatting. But yeah, yeah and I that don't works. know if it's actually successful because I'd like to see how much fucking money they're making uh, that, that spending on the marketing because they're goddamn. But I then, still see advertisements for that constantly. Yeah, and then there's like Candy Crush and Words with Friends, and those are all games that are in different genres. I think Clash of Clans is one of the few exceptions. Um, that has a really, really popular knockoff. But most of the time, it's like the one, the Kim Kardashian dress-up app, whatever that fucking was. Um, Once all these different genres, like the Match 3 and the whatever um, word puzzle, once those are tapped out, the average smartphone gamer doesn't want to play another game like it that incrementally improves on it. They're done with that. They've already done that. Like Flappy Bird. Yes, Flappy Bird. They don't Nobody need Flappy anymore. Bird too. They wouldn't care. Yeah. Well, I, actually, if, if they if the actual guy released Flappy Bird two, I'm that sure would probably be, be news for a week. For, but. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't have any lasting potential. I, I think, um, I, I for a period of time, I was legitimately worried about mobile gaming and the the kind of cancerous like the thing it was doing to video games of where like everything was going free to play and all that. And now I think it's actually starting to drift away from that. Uh, I just, now it's early access. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's early access, but early access has been around the fucking whole time that mobile, the rise and fall of mobile gaming is, is parallel to the rise of early access without any fall. But yeah, those people aren't gamers because they, they don't keep, I I was putting air quotes by the way, uh, because they don't, they, those people, they're doing a trend. They're addicted to this little Farmville thing. They want to make their farm. They get tired of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like everyone does. Everyone gets tired of doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, and and like you said, there's nothing new coming out to satiate that same kind of addictive quality. I think it was just a trend. I think it was popular because things get popular out of nowhere. For some reason, a blue and black dress or white and gold or whatever the fuck dress gets really crazy for a day. These things happen, and mobile gaming, I almost feel like, is on that level of just crazy trend going wild and then dying out very quickly. And and there's a lot of people that are going to be make, losing a lot of money because I think they were starting to invest a shit ton, like like the Game of War shit, spending so much money on advertising and everything to try to get into this market that they thought they were getting in on the ground floor when they were really getting in at the peak. Um, had, I, I read a stock analysis of Zynga nice. recently. And it made my week. Uh, look up Zynga stock analysis if you want to see a shitty is company. Is it crashing and burning? It is, I mean, like not making any money and they had this this brand new CEO, I think, that was going to come Don in. Metric. He was going to fix everything 
and and then like very soon after he came in he left again and now the old guy is coming back in and it's just like oh my god they're fucked uh wait dunmetric isn't the ceo anymore that they've I, been changing ceos like oh, frequently but but the outlook is not good for that company and and it, it is it god that that was the shittiest like if you ever read up on there's articles and stuff about uh people talking people who worked for them talking about like what the business strategy was and stuff and it was basically just like all right here's this popular thing literally copy it to the point where our lawyers can defend it in court if if we get sued it was it was literally that um and i think i think the thing that killed them was going against ea they they did a sims knockoff and it was literally the exact same game with different textures and EA sued him and and won and I think that was like the nail in the coffin. Uh, but yeah, fuck Zynga. Zynga is dead and that is good fantastic. Like they they're, they're one of the worst. They were terrible companies. Oh my god, the most cynical. Just oh, and I and and it would have been more cynical if they had actually you know worked. But now they're dying, and so thank God. And I, so I'm looking it up. I can't really find much on it, but the Xbox One dude, Don Matrick, the original guy, uh, was the CEO of Zynga for a time. I don't. He's not there anymore. It looks like that happened. Yeah, that happened early April this year. He left. Yeah. So uh, stocks. I mean, the fact that that a mobile game company even went public is 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 kind of a sign of how much of a bubble was was being created with that with that genre like it, it hadn't been around for that long and they just went public and then instantly died because it was a bubble and and thank god it was a bubble and i hope i'm i hope i continue to be right about this i hope it doesn't have another resurgence but i think mobile gaming is dying and i i would be willing to bet especially when you bring up the fact god did shut the fuck the phone up uh, I don't know if I don't know. If- you always do this to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> God fucking damn it! Turn your phone off on the podcast. Keep talking. Um, well, I've completely lost my train of thought. Okay, okay. Zynga, you don't like it? No, the, the mobile gaming—it's dying. And and uh, God damn it! What was I saying? You said that it was a bubble. It was a bubble, and the reason it's dying. Uh, fuck it. You were done. Uh, you I done. had a good point to make. Trust me, I have. I was the conclusion. It was the concluding argument, and it ruined it. <laughs> fuck it. Okay, guys. Looks like Skippy. Looks like Skippy's a little upset. So <laughs> it might be time to end the podcast now. Um. Actually, did you? I don't know. What? Do we have anything left to talk about? <sighs> no. Cool. Cool, cool. Are you going to play us off, Captain? I forgot I was the host. Because I was thinking about your cell phone going off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh guys, God. if you ever start a podcast, two things. Turn off your cell phone, and if you've got a really loud, uh, loud air conditioner, turn off your air conditioner. Hashtag like, I didn't diva. do that. So if you heard a if you heard a buzzing noise for the first half of this podcast, it was because I forgot to turn off my air conditioning. Um, good night. See you guys.